You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Okay, welcome to episode 22. And on today's episode, we will be going to the Blue Nile Falls, as well as Addis Ababa, the capital of Ethiopia, and then make our way down to Moyales, which is on the border, the Kenyan border. So we're going to be covering about 600 miles on this episode, which will take us up to 12,000 miles. So almost halfway miles-wise. And before we pick up where we left off, <laughs> let's just do a quick podcast recap. And I'm up to 62 countries, whoop, whoop, listeners from. So as you may or may not know, the, one of my goals is to get to 76 countries because that's how many I've been to. So that's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. You guys rock. And top five countries this week is USA number one, Canada two, UK number three, France number four, and Israel number five. And the review of the week is five stars from David Solomon. He says, great for guys too. I've been missing travel because of these COVID-19 lockdowns, so I'm really glad I came across this podcast. I thought I would only listen to one episode, but tomorrow's travel adventure stories are too addicting. So I've gone through four or five already. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, David. Yes, they are for everyone that loves travel and adventures, really. Alrighty. Um, oh, last little bit of news is, yeah, my YouTube channel is finally up. So, of course, that's Many Roads Traveled. You can find it on YouTube or go to my website, manyroadstraveled.com to get all the details. So, yeah, it'd be great if you could subscribe over there, too, please. That would be awesome. Okay, so picking up where we left off, it's day 131. I am still traveling with my friend Casey, who I left with, but we'd also met... The first two people, other travelers we'd met for a long time, uh, Mike and Tony. So at the moment, there's four of us. And we are in Bahadir, which uh, is a small-ish town in uh, Ethiopia. And we got to the, so we're trying to get to Buna Falls, or Tassaday, it's called. So we get to the bus station about 11.30. The bus was supposed to leave at 12. Of course, we didn't leave till 1.30. <laughs> And, you know, it's the usual hassle of, well, first of all, getting seats. And then they always try and make you pay more for your backpacks. And usually like more than the cost of the ticket. Even though I would climb up the back, you know, the, the, there's a ladder on the back of bus. So, you know, completely straight up, 90 degrees. With my backpack on it, on the roof, tie it, lock it onto the roof as best as I could, and then come back down. And then, of course, after the trip, go get it myself, too. So it's not even in the bus. <laughs> but no, they still want you to pay extra for your baggage. So yeah, usual argument about that. It only took about an hour to get to a test a day. So when we got there, the driver wouldn't let us off. 
<laughs> I was just like, well, God, can we get off? No. So I'm right at the door. I'm first in line. And yeah, I don't know, whatever reason, he wouldn't let us off. And then finally did open the door for one of his guys that works on the bus too, to come in. So he came in, came in and just punched me in the face. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So I got to grab him and pin him against like the bus going, what are you doing? And then Tony comes behind me and cracks him one. It's like, oh my God, welcome to Tessa Day. <laughs> the good times in Ethiopia keep on coming. Anyways, we got get our stuff, get off the bus. And Tony, had, I think he had a hotel room there or something like that from before. Anyways, we head there. It's a complete like dirtbag room. Oh my gosh. Anyways, we just tuck all our backpacks in there and then head down to the falls. So it's about, I think it's about two and a half K walked from Tessaday to the falls. And it's absolutely beautiful. And it was so nice to kind of get back into nature and away from people, <laughs> really, for a little bit. So yeah, the, the falls is beautiful. And that's where, so the source comes from Lake Tana, which is uh, the biggest lake in Ethiopia. And then it, it, turns into the Blue Nile, and then that goes all to Khartoum, uh, where it meets the White Nile Falls, which stems from Murchison Falls, Uganda, the White Nile. So anyways, they meet in Khartoum and then head up to Cairo. And it's beautiful. So it's like 400 meters wide and about 40 meters high. So it, it's um, three-pronged. I mean, we were there end of May-ish, mid-May-ish. So it, it was pretty full, but, you know, not completely full, but it was beautiful. So we stayed there for about an hour or so and just chilled out and just enjoyed the beautiful nature, really. <laughs> so then we had to decide whether we were going to camp in what looked like a prison <laughs> or stay in one of these dirtbag rooms that Tony had. But luckily, we found out we could get the bus back to Baja Deer. So the four of us decided to do that. But of course, chaos ensued and they kept telling us, no, the bus is full, even though we could see there was empty seats. So I don't know whether Arnold incident earlier got it, probably everything, you know, like small towns, gossip, travels. <laughs> so yeah, so they weren't going to let us, but they were saying, nope, there's no seats left. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, if you want to see it, then you have to pay like ridiculous price for our baggage. Same deal. I just finally had enough. I just lost it. I was just like, wow. <laughs> Needless to say, we finally got on the bus in our seats. So, like I said, it's only an hour back to Bahadir. So, got back to Bahadir about 6 p.m., said goodbye to the Aussie boys. It was really nice hanging out with them for a bit. They were cool. And then I just went back to the, the hotel that we had been staying in before. And I was like, nope, I'm done for the day. Thank you. So, I had my desert storm food. <laughs> And just read for the night. Now, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, especially about Ethiopia, I advise you to do that, of course. But also, so so this is, remember, back in 1993. And in Ethiopia, so previous town before, in Gondar, I found a guy that had these boxes and boxes of these gray vacuum-packed desert storm food that were for the troops, American troops. So I don't know... <laughs> Well, they got it, but yeah, they had Ethiopia. There was it was kind of everywhere, and it was good. So you get like chicken out the king and chicken stew and peanut butter and cheese bread and yeah. So it was a nice reprieve because I wasn't a big fan of injera and wat, which is the local food. Yeah, so that was it for the night. Just stayed in. So next day, oh, that was it. So of course, Casey. <laughs> 
my friend over travel with. He got his wallet stolen, pickpocketed. And he used to, like, whenever we would change money, he would keep it all in his wallet and just put it in his back pocket. I don't know how many times I'd say to him, it's going to get stolen. <laughs> well, it finally did. He somehow managed to get the wallet back, but empty. So he was missing about $30 in local currency. So at the time, so the local currency is called beer, B-I-R-R. And we would get anywhere between five and seven beer to the dollar. Nowadays, I think it's about 30, 34. So yeah, so I don't know, spent 30 bucks. <laughs> and I mean, we were able to get by in Ethiopia mostly on about $10 a day back then. So it was quite a bit. Maybe I was like, well, maybe a learn case. I don't know. Maybe you won't. <laughs> See, what I would do, which is what I would advise you to do wherever you're traveling, is just take enough out for that day and then leave the rest with your, you know, in your hotel room, in your bags or hidden somewhere. And definitely don't put your wallet in your back pocket. Day 131, uh, we're up at 5 a.m. The usual, usual rugby scrum you know, fight your way through to get seats. I managed to do that and scored us two good seats for a change. And we left about 6.30 a.m. and we traveled till 5 p.m. But it was, yeah, it's quite beautiful, that area of Ethiopia. So, and luckily we had like really nice people in front of us and really nice people behind us. And that just made all the difference. And it kind of restored my faith in Ethiopians as well. When you met some really nice people, it was like, oh, okay. Not everyone wants to punch you in the face or throw sticks at you or whatever. <laughs> I mean, they even bought us like some gum and some bananas at the stop. So yeah, very, very sweet. And the guy in front of me, he was super cool. And he was really cute too. So double bonus. <laughs> so yeah, so we traveled till about 5 p.m. And then we stopped in this little town called Dejo. Uh, for the night, because whenever night falls, it's pitch black and they just stop driving. Because, of course, there's no street lane. <laughs> there's not many real proper roads, but as in paved roads. Yeah, so we had the night in Dejeur. So when we got into Dejeur, uh, this really lovely young kid, he met us at the bus and he was like, oh, come to my mom's hotel. So we're like, okay, sure. So we went there and oh my gosh, he couldn't do enough for us, this little kid, man. He was about 10 or so. You know, so he was running around, whatever we wanted, got his tea, whatever. And then I'd asked him if he could get me some, like a bucket of water to wash. Because Ethiopia water was very scarce. Like it was, you know, there's no, I'd go weeks without washing and doing your laundry, stuff like that. You literally occasionally would get a small little thing of water, which you had, I had a filter. And that was your drinking water. So <laughs> no water to bathe in or laundry or anything like that. But anyways, he boiled me up a bucket of water because almost everywhere I stayed in Ethiopia was just full of bed bugs and fleas and stuff. So I was just covered on these bites and they had started getting infected and they blistered. And I have a rare blood illness, which it's not a good mix. Uh, I can go septic very, very fast. So anyway, so this lovely kid, he, yeah, boiled up some water for me so I could wash my wounds. <laughs> And also because of the lack of laundry situation, I had decided to wear the same t-shirt and shorts for, I think I've been wearing them for two weeks now. <laughs> so I was like, well, there's no point getting all the clothes dirty. And, you know, a lot of times we would try them back at trucks and you just get filthy or buses weren't particularly clean because the windows are open and it's very dusty. And yeah. So I just, yeah, I just go wear the same shirt and shorts. <laughs> Trust me. By the end, they literally could stand on their own. Anyway, so that night 
Yeah, we just stopped at the wash. We, I just had some more Desert Storm food for dinner. And then we went to, there was like one big hotel. And so we decided to go there for tea. And they were having a movie on that night in English. So we're like, okay, let's head over there. So on my way, this guy comes out of nowhere, gets right in my face and starts acting like a monkey and pointing to me. And then kind of pushed me. So I just drop kicked him <laughs> and continued on. <laughs> Got to the hotel, had our tea, watched this crappy B-movie action movie. But it was in English. We had to see it. And then we had to actually run home because there was a massive thunderstorm coming. So got home and, yeah, just went to bed because the next day we were up at 4 a.m. to get back on the bus at 5 a.m. So it's the same bus, same people. And we left just after 5. And luckily we got our same seats and people kind of were still... Everyone kind of kept their own seats, which was a novelty, but it was very nice for us because, like I said, we had nice people. So I was talking to the cute guy quite a bit during this trip, and he was just so nice. And he was a he was a policeman. It was cool. And like I said, it was absolutely beautiful because you, you drive through the Nile Valley. So it's really green and luscious. And, you know, you see the Nile and then there's the mountains and in the background. So it was, it was another great day traveling. And Casey and I were really looking forward to getting to Addis Ababa, actually, because we're thinking, okay, it's the capital. There'll be, you know, more food or be- and better food, hopefully, here, <laughs> you know, my, more diverse, as well as hopefully better accommodation. You know, just the capital, it's going to have more of everything, right? Well, <laughs> we roll it. We got there about 1 p.m. Just as we're driving into like the main bus station, like I see several men literally just shitting in the street or the parking lot, middle of the day. I'm like, okay, maybe is not going to be quite the the dream we were hoping for. And then as we pulled in, I don't know, I guess someone, people saw us on the bus or something. Like, you know, we're the only white Westerners on the bus. Next thing you know, we're literally, like the whole bus is surrounded by at least 100 people. And they are yelling, Ferengi, Ferengi, which means foreigner, like very aggressively. And, you know, yelling at us for to get off the bus. And then they start rocking the bus, like to flip it. <laughs> and they're trying to come through the bus and the driver wouldn't open the door. And everyone's like, you know, everyone on the bus is quite scared. The bus was full. And Casey and I are just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, Jesus. So my buddy, he takes out a gun from his bag, handgun. And he's like, just wait here. So he goes out, gets, you know, goes, gets the driver to open the door, goes out. With his gun, shoots his gun in the air like two or three times, yells at them, all these people in, in Amharic, local language, just saying, back off. These are very nice people. They're my friends, you know. So like they would literally, they only backed off a couple of feet. So then he yelled for us to come out and he walked us because our bags are on the roof. So we can't even just run out, you know. So he's got the gun and he's pointing at people and walking us to the back of the bus and wait, you know, so we had to climb up the ladder to get our, our bags and everything, come back down. He's still like he he you know he's walk he walked with us to a taxi. He got in the taxi, and I think he had a, a lady friend on the bus with him. And so the four of us got in this taxi, and it was like, okay, go go go! <laughs> and the people start chasing the taxi down the road. It was like it was just crazy. And anyway, so there he told he told the driver to go to the the piazza, and I think we drove through 
some really rough parts and like very poor parts because it honestly was like driving through shanty towns and um, you know very sad for those people like it's very shocking to see poverty at such scale anyway so we get to this the piazza my cute guy he paid for the taxi and wished us well and everything I was just like what a guy man you kick ass so then we're trying to find a hotel and this old guy came up to us and he's like, oh, I'll take you to a one. So he took us to this one and of course wanted money. So gave him a you know, little tip. We get in there and oh, it's basically a brothel. So that was great. And it was like 15 bucks each a night, which is probably three to four times more than we've been paying this whole time in Ethiopia for accommodation. But we were just like, okay, so we'll take it because <laughs> we just didn't really, we just wanted to eat and just chill out, really. We walk around, we walked down Churchill Ave because apparently, according to Lonely Planet, that's where all the restaurants were. Well, no, we walked around for an hour. Couldn't find anywhere to eat. Bumped into two local guys. They took us to a restaurant. Actually got some half-decent macaroni. So <laughs> at least that was something. <laughs> so then we had to change some more money. which We got 6.5 beer to the dollar. And we just did the black market. It was, everyone did it back then kind of thing. Well, no, like I said, not, didn't meet many Westerners at all, but that's kind of what they do. And you can still do that now, but it's, you know, you have to be careful. So then, of course, we went and found a Tej house. So Tej is, is a honey mead. It's a local drink, but you know, it's alcoholic. And they drink it in these crazy little beakers. So it's quite a like, fat bottom and then narrow top. And after that day, some guy was like, oh, do you want a joint? We're like, yep. <laughs> I just started smoking on this trip, actually. Yeah, so we had a couple of joints and uh, some tej with, you know, the local people. So then we, yeah, came, went back to the hotel, had a couple more joints. So I guess we got a bag of stuff, of weed. And um, Casey was super high. <laughs> oh my God, it was hilarious. And of course, he goes to count his money. And again, he got burned. Because the one beer and the hundred beer notes look very similar. So when he paid for the bus, they gave him one beer in his change rather than 100 beer. So he lost 99 beer on the wall. <laughs> 99 beers on the wall. Anyways, so, and that was the second time that it happened to him. He's an idiot. What can I say? <laughs> I was just kidding, Case. Well, you know you were, but there we go. Anyway, so day 133 it was my little brother's 16th birthday. So May, May two, he's born May 2, 4. So, yeah, I wanted to call him. But first of all, we, and then literally around the corner from where we're staying, there was loads of restaurants. So I don't know what, we're just going the wrong way anyway. So found some restaurants. I had a pretty lame pizza for breakfast, <laughs> as you do. And then, oh, we walked to uh, a big hotel because you could have, so basically I had the best shower my entire life, I think. And it was only four beer. So what, 60, 70 cents. Oh, and it's a yeah, big fancy hotel. You even got, got like the nice white towels, 45 minute shower, <laughs> shaved everywhere and everything. <laughs> and just enjoyed uh, it. I was so clean afterwards. I'm so happy. And it was just like, oh, I feel oh, semi-normal again. This is great. So then went to the, we walked to the telecommunication office and I tried to call my brother and my dad, but got answer machines on both. But Casey managed to get through to his parents. So he spoke to them for about a half an hour or so and like our if one of us got through to you know one of our families like especially our parents they call each other to let them know we are still alive <laughs> and i was still i was able to do a bit of laundry 
Not that I had much to, because I was, like I said, wear the same shirt and shorts, but did some laundry. And then we had met this really lovely family, Giorgio and Piera and their two daughters in Gondar. And they had given me his business card to call him when we got to Addis Ababa. So I had called him. So him and his wife picked us up about seven o'clock, you know, drove us through town, showed us all the highlights and everything, and then to their house. Now, of course, they had the most beautiful, this huge house, amazing because he was the medical director of Africa for this big American pharmaceutical company. So he was loaded. <laughs> so we had a lovely dinner and, you know, chat and everything. And then I looked through his library. He had like two to 3,000 books, like his own, right? And I was just like, wow, this is awesome. So basically it was a super, it was a very, very good day. Happy day. Rare in Ethiopia for me. <laughs> this was a good one. So next day, day 134, we're up at 9 a.m. And I hadn't eaten meat for four years. So I was 23 at the time. And I'd stopped eating meat when I was 19. But because food was quite limited and a lot of meat was eaten, especially in Ethiopia, I was like, well, I'll just try some rice and some meat sauce. So I, you know, it tasted all right, but I could eat a lot of it. Like it was just a bit rich for me. So that was, yeah, first meat I eaten for four years. Red meat. I still eat white meat, but not red meat. And I call it my fins and feathers. Anyway, so then I walked back to the telecommunica telecommunication place. Got through to my dad. So spoke to him for about 15, 20 minutes. It was all good. He was really happy to hear from me because I think that's the first time I'd spoken to him. And we'd been on the road for over four months. Then I got hold of my brother, which was great. So I wished him a belated birthday and really nice talking to him. And then I decided to phone my one of my grandmas. So talk to her, my English grandma. <laughs> anyway, so it was great talking to her for about 15, 20 minutes. And I'd also found out I'd sent a telegram to my other grandma because it was her 70th birthday. And I found out that she'd got that. So that was all good. So yeah, it was great. It was just great to be able you know, to talk to most of my family and, and everything was good at home and they were very happy to hear like I said I was alive and well still and doing okay so that was really cool so yeah so I headed back to the hotel in case he was there and then we decided to hunt around for some more desert storm food because we were getting low <laughs> I found a guy at the piazza who sold it so I bought like 22 packs for three dollars <laughs> So that's right. Although, like I said, my backpack weighed a ton, especially with all my desert storm food. <laughs> it's probably about 22 kilos, 50 pounds, easy. Yeah. So then we hopped, like in Addis Ababa, a lot of the like local transport is matatus. So kind of like pickup trucks, literally, you just get in the back of these pickup trucks. So we hopped in one of those to get to the bus station because <laughs> I didn't really want to go back to that bus station, but we had to just find out what time the buses left uh, the next day to um, Dila and Shashamani. So, yeah, found out at 7 a.m. So, okay, cool. And then we end up, the Matatos are just too crazy. So we end up just walking home from there and just another joint and Desert Storm food and called it a night because next day we're up at 6 a.m. Get to the bus station at 7. We got our tickets to Dilla, which was only like 16 beer for both tickets. But then, of course, here we go again. Well, they want 20 beer each for our bags. So they want more for our bags than us, even though our bags are on the roof. I was like, I'm not doing this BS anymore. <laughs> so I met, I saw a cop, not my buddy, but another cop nearby. So I went and got him, explained the situation. He gave them crap. It was like, you let them on the bus for their price and that's it. So we did. So that was okay. <laughs> so we left at 8.30 and got to Shashmini at about 2.30 p.m. 
So I bought a Pepsi and some Chut, because Chut is this plant that they chew these leaves of, and you get like a buzz, like a kind of a high buzz. And when you're on the buses for a long time, it's just kind of, you know, kills time. And it was also nice because a lot of people got off the bus at Cheshire, so the bus was hardly any people on it. So Casey and I got our own seat, which was luxury. And the people that were still left on it, they found it hilarious that I was chewing chat. So they would kept giving me like the, the choice little red leaves. So I was wired. <laughs> By the time we got to Dillo at about 6 p.m., yeah, I was... Pretty high. <laughs> just it's more wild. It's like drinking ten cups of coffee. And then we just found, you know, one of our little cheap, usual prison-like cell slash hotels for the night. But I could not sleep because, like I said, I was yeah, just too wired. So no sleep. And then I, the mouth also started coming too. So I was like, oh. And I just started feeling worse and worse and worse because that's another thing with my illness. Lack of sleep is not good for me at all. So next morning, we're up at 4.15, well, not that I slept, but 4.15 a.m. to get to the bus at 5, I think. But when we got there, it's not a bus, it's a truck. And it's one of those big flatbed trucks, again, like that I almost died on in the truck accident on episode 20. So if you haven't heard of that one, definitely listen to that one. So I was dreading that a bit to get back on one of those trucks, but hey-ho. And of course, they just jam-packed you on there. Like cattle got better treatment, basically. So you just packed in there, like you can't even sit. And it was just like, oh, and I have no sleep. And it was eight hours of that. Just And of course, they, it would stop throughout the way and pick up more people and jam more people in there. It was literally eight hours of hell. And then to top it off, a kid pissed on my foot. So I was just like, oh my God. My, I just, yeah, it was not good. Uh, I think it was one of my third, in the top three of my worst rides of this trip so far. Not good at all. So we finally got to Moyele, Ethiopia, which is the border town, at about 2 p.m. Casey and I just looked at each other and were like, yeah, we're going to Kenya now. <laughs> so we literally just walked across the border, no problems. And we were in Kenya. So happy to get out of Ethiopia. However, to hear more, make sure you turn into next Thursday's episode. We're in a new country and we leave the Ethiopian craziness behind finally after over three weeks. And I have to say, like, okay, there is a lot of crap in Ethiopia. Like, that went through a lot in Ethiopia. But even then, I mean, yes, it's the hardest three weeks I've ever traveled in. 30 years of traveling to 76 countries, by far. I mean, those two months, Sudan, Eritrea, and Ethiopia, they were really hard. But Ethiopia, with people, like, just the, the violence, and I just never experienced that before and really haven't since. Like, that was so continuous. But then, like I said, then the other half of people were super nice. Like, my cop guy, like, could have saved our lives. Who knows, you know? But you just didn't know who was who until you're face-to-face. So I always felt super guarded, you know, and never really relaxed in Ethiopia. So I was very happy to leave it. Although, like I said, it is a beautiful country and there's a lot of really cool things to see out there. And, you know, in different groups and blogs and stuff, you know, people have loved Ethiopia. (laughs) And I still, like even countries that I find difficult, like I still, there are still amazing things I, I saw and did there. So I'd still recommend it. And, you know, I imagine it's changed now compared to 93. I don't know. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. 
So my tip number one would be, yes, go. the Blue Nile Falls are amazing. And so that is it's known locally as Tissaday. And there's also some monasteries there too. So the, the most, the fullest that the falls are is in August and September. And like I said, it, it's for the, the source, of, it comes from Lake Tana. And Blue Nile Falls, or Tessaday, is about 550 kilometers from Addis Ababa. And I guess lots of people now, they'll just take a tour. I don't know many people independently like we did. But if you do go independently, it's about 50 beer to get in. And it's 90 beer for a guide while you're there. I don't know why you need a guide, though. But And then you, nowadays, you can also do boat trips on the on the, the Nile. And in the dry season, you can even swim at the base of the falls, although there are crocs. <laughs> so keep an eye out for the crocs. <laughs> and I guess a tour would be, depending where you're getting it from, if it's from Bahadir, which is not too far, I think it's only about an hour, or Addis Ababa, so obviously fluctuating prices. But between probably fifty to one hundred and fifty dollars for a tour, but you can like I said, you can't do it on your own. I did, and I'm still here so <laughs> okay, and then so tip number two would be for Addis Ababa. I mean, we didn't really like lots of sea there like that we did, you know, just walking around town really. And I don't drink coffee. But if I did drink coffee, Ethiopia is the place to drink coffee. So there's lots of coffee shops. So definitely, definitely try out the coffee. I mean, it is the fourth largest city in Africa. And I guess nowadays, <laughs> it does have a lot of great food and Western food and good hotels. I mean, we were on a cheap budget. So I think there was even good hotels back then. But we were just, we preferred staying in brothels, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And there was also a cool museum. We did go there to see because Lucy, the oldest human skeleton in the world, was there. So uh, we did go to that museum. It's called the Ethnological Museum, I think. So, yeah, check that out. Tip number three, looking at it nowadays, daily budget, not including tours, is probably about 35 US dollars a day. And to get your visa, you can get that online really easy. And it's about 52 US dollars. It takes about three days. If you want to hear about more about visa stuff, listen to Top Tips in episode 19 or on the website when this blog post will finally be done for it. <laughs> All the info there for you too. Manyroadstravel.com. Okay, and my tip for women is basically stand your ground, maybe do some self-defense lessons or some boxing. I don't know. Like I said, I think it's probably a lot more chilled now. I mean, it's still a patriarchal society, so you might get verbal harassment or, you know, but not too much physical, hopefully. But if you do, just be like me, the tiger lady. Last episode, listen to that. And like I said, stand your ground and take no crap. Alrighty. So I think that's about a wrap. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe and we'll see you next Thursday for Kenya. Yay. <laughs> okay, guys, take care and safe travels. One road at a time. <laughs>